Hello, thank you for joining me for the Holy Spirit You Channel's Daily Bread podcast. I should say Daily Bread with Jam. Uh, the jam is either going to be some music I have playing in the background, which may or may not be happening right now, not sure, but the jam could also be the groove that I'm in at any given point as Holy Spirit leads. So the groove that I'm in right now is that we are in a season where the Lord has me and has had me for quite some time, but has now released me to speak into, um, to speak it, to say it. Generally, um, as you know, there's an incubation period, and then there is a release. So the season we are in right now is a season of blessing, not cursing. We are in a season and have to, even if we're not in that season, we have to pivot into the season because the season is there waiting for us. The Lord is waiting for us. Um, so I'm going to read some scripture today that talks about blessing, blessing as a verb, but also blessing as a noun. So I can bless you. Uh, you can bless me. We can bless each other. There's a season of blessing that brings about a subsequent season of increased abundance, of superabundance, above all that we can ask or think. That's where we say we want to be, so we have to live in a way that gets us to the above all that we can ask or think. So today I'm just going to read through a few scriptures and talk about uh, – some will be Old uh, Testament scriptures – uh, most of them will be in the New Testament, but as you know, the Old Testament or the Old Covenant that is recorded for, from, for us gives the basis for what we see and hear Jesus doing uh, in the New Testament when he comes, when this, this, the, even through his ministry and through his crucifixion. Everything that we say that we believe has its basis in the blessing found in the Old Covenant. So let's read through, I'm going to go into Numbers, Numbers 6, and I'm not reading these in full context, okay? So I want, to, I want to alert you to this, and I want you to make sure that you don't do it. I'm reading just the scripture to talk about, to add additional context. But when we read scripture, you know, we used to talk about the full gospel. Somehow we're down to bits and pieces of the gospel. The full gospel is the full gospel. Everything has to be taken, not just in the natural context, but in the intention in which God meant it, which is supernatural, which is indeed above all that we could ask or think. So when we talk about thinking, taking things into context, into consideration, and putting them in context, contextualizing them, we have to understand what we're saying isn't even sufficient to fully grasp what the Lord meant. So for us, the full gospel has to be the fullness of the gospel that is that we know given to the Lord by the power of the Holy Spirit so that he can multiply our understanding of his intention. It's not I study, I memorize, and therefore I know. It's never been that. Although the study, I put study above memorization, because if we study, if we sow the seed of the word in our hearts by the Spirit of God, water it with the rain of God, Holy Spirit, then it's going to be memorized. I don't have to um, flex my intelligence, per se, in order to memorize the way we think. If I am consistent, if you are consistent in reading the word and asking the Lord to illuminate his word by the power of Holy Spirit, who should be residing in you, right? We can't live this life. We can't live what we like to call the kingdom life. It's Christ living through us. What does that mean? It means that there's little or none of us left at the end of the day. It means that he is the power. It means that Apart from him, we are nothing. It means that he is the vine and we are the branches. We want to act like the vine. Oh, I got it. I'm going to just go, uh-huh. The Lord said the Lord did. Uh -uh. I can look at you and tell the Lord didn't tell you to do that. But we, depending on where we are in our process, and this is the qualifier, we don't grow at the same rate. I've said it before. I'll continue to say it. We don't physically grow at the same rate. We might be the same age, born on the same day. But I have a growth process. You have a growth process. And at any given point in time, we might be exactly the same age, but our lives look different depending on what the Lord's intention was in allowing us to be here at this time for such a time as this. 
Understanding, though, that there is a value in the existence because God saw fit. So we are the manifestation of his ideas, of his concepts, of his desires. That's why he said, okay, let me show you what this looks like. Because you were born into a realm where the antithesis of me, the opposite of me, is operating. That's what you were born into. Now, we don't buy that because we can't see it. We want to believe everything that we see, not understanding that everything that we see came out of something we can't see. We understand that when we talk about ideas and concepts, right? So I'm sitting in a chair while I record this. Before this chair was here, it was somebody's idea. When we talk about ideas and brainstorming, you know, we get around a table at work or at church or at school or wherever we might happen to be in our businesses, and we talk about brainstorming. What are we talking about? We're, talk about? we're talking about verbalizing and articulating ideas that have not yet been manifested. So we get it in that sense. But when we start talking about spiritual principles and concepts, we are like collective deer in headlights. And it's unfortunate because we really have the cart before the horse. We prefer the gift to the giver. But there are principles, in fact, that affect us every single moment of our lives, that if we don't learn how to humble ourselves and align ourselves with what the God of the universe is saying, then we're, gonna, we're going to continue to be cursed or to, seem, to have it seen as if we're cursed. But we, but we also have to remember that we are co-laborers with the Lord, which means he can do it all. He's done it all, Father in creation, Son in manifestation, demonstration, Holy Spirit in transformation. He says, Father, Son, and Spirit, you need me for each phase of your existence. But I'm going to pro provide myself, and we, you know, I, I, we, are, we, are really, we, we sometimes can be really cute when it comes to Scripture. We like to say, oh, he provided himself a ram. Even if you don't say the ram part, he provided himself. The Lord provided himself. How do we know that? Because Jesus came. That's him providing himself. In the Old Testament, it was he providing himself as a ram. He showed up as a ram for the sacrifice. For us, it's he showed up as a lamb for the sacrifice. He, the basis is he provided himself. So in every aspect of this existence, throughout eternity, Throughout eternity, he has provided himself. Creation, manifestation, and demonstration, and transformation. So what are we going to do for him? Nothing. What we are doing is we are agreeing with him that he can continue his work. He can continue his work through us. He's still going to get it done. But when we receive what the Lord has provided in and through himself, it helps not only to manifest the kingdom in earth, in us, we are earthen vessels, so in earth first, so that it can be on the earth. And it gives us, it repositions us in eternity. We can't beat people over the head with, with, with heaven and hell. People are going to believe or they're not going to believe. And it, because, because it says every, everyone is given a measure of faith. Everyone. That means everyone that ever, has ever lived was given a measure of faith. The power, the capacity, the faculty to believe. And so God says, okay, if you believe, this is what you get. Here's your reward. Your reward is in heaven. But you have to come through this way. Right? People don't like to talk about it, but this isn't a principle that just applies to me or to you, or it applies to all of us. We all have the same opportunities. It is unfortunate for us, and we need to not only repent, but apologize for making anyone in this world at any given point in time feel as if what we call Christianity is exclusive. Not only that, it's a slap in the face to the Lord because he says he died for all, that all would have life. eternally. And here. So we've got to stop cursing and start blessing. Start blessing, stop cursing. Let's get some scriptures in here. 
November, uh, November. <laughs> do you remember? Um, Numbers 6, 24 through 26. Hmm. Uh, let's, let me go up a little further because I want to capture the whole paragraph. Uh, no, uh, I don't know what it is by November. Numbers 6, starting at verse 22. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and to his sons on this wise, ye shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. I haven't read this in forever. And I'm going to say something about this in just a second. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. Now, despite or regardless of what is happening in the world, I haven't read this in forever. But there's a reason that the Lord is telling us to bless. The blessing originated with God. He is the blessing. But he uses humans to convey the blessing. We have to be willing to bless others. He didn't say we have, it's just like love. I don't, I, I don't have to like you to bless you. I hope to if I know you. If we're going to work together or be in any sort of partnership, I hope I like you. But it's not a requirement for me to love you. Likewise, it's not a requirement for me to bless you. If my faith is contingent, if I believe that Christ died for all, he is the savior of the world, not my world, not just the people I like, not just the people I look like, not just the people I'm related to. He said he is the savior of the world. What that means is the entire human race. Not the world at one point in time. He's using the world. What is the world? The world is the people. We are the world, right? It was a song. We are the world. We are the world. The world does not exist without people. We, are, we live on a planet, Earth, but the world is people. The world is us. He said he died for, for all the whole world, the whole world. So anyone that has ever existed, the sacrifice of Christ upon the cross took care of, moved away the sin. Doesn't mean we don't still have sin activity. But it gave opportunity for each of us to repent and say, you know what? I hear what you say. Uh, I know this is for a short period of time. I need to get my act together. Right now I'm a hot mess. Lord, come into my life and help me do what you do. Now, not help me, but help me to decrease so that you can do what you do. It is initially, it's overwhelming. It can be overwhelming, but you know when you know when you know. And so for me, if I'm going to say that I'm a believer, that I have to live like he died for all. You have to live. When you open your mouth to even dare say Christian, first of all, that's not our call. That's his because he judges from the inside, not the outside. If I believe in Jesus, I have to believe in all of him, not just the parts I like. Oh, I like the part where he prophesies, so I'm going to believe in that part. The prophecy doesn't matter if he didn't die for everybody. So we cannot, we have to repent and apologize for making any person feel as if what we call Christianity is a misnomer. But I'm going to use that because that's the universal term right now, not to say it's not going to change. Not the concept, the fact that what we put a name on isn't exactly how we're living. I'm a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. You can call it what you want. But I can articulate the fact that I'm a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when I say that, do you know what happens? Now he's holding me accountable. But he's also leading and guiding me so that I don't take his name in vain. We are so flippant and so arrogant sometimes 
that we don't get the fact that the person who told us, I died for everybody, including you, we are now acting like he only died for, for, for me or you or for some or for a few. That's not how this works. And to say anything other than that is saying that is, is admitting that you have taken the Lord's name in vain. He says, whosoever will, for God so loved the world and all the people there, there that ever existed, that is the world and will exist, that he gave, that he made himself, that he provided himself so that they could understand what life is. This, what we're going through right now, this is a process. Well, now we call it life, we call it living, but we, don't, we have no clue. It doesn't mean we can't be fulfilled. It doesn't mean we can't have achievements. We will and we should and we shall. But we've got to know that this isn't it. And part of the reason that this isn't it is because he also said, thy kingdom come, Father, Abba. In earth, and I think the original or close to the original text, I wasn't there, so I'm just telling you the more things that I've read and the things I believe the Lord has shown me. In earth, as it is in heaven. The first earth he has to work through is us, earthen vessels, because we are we stick stiff-necked. We are hard-headed. He tells us to go right, we go left. He tells us to go left, we go right. That is the spirit of the enmity that goes on between the flesh and the spirit. He's saying your senses, your ego, your soul has a mind of its own. What's going to make the difference is what you believe and how much you allow me to manifest that in your life. He said, because you can't do it. I'm telling you right now. When he said, if I don't go, I can't, the father can't send the helper. He was basically saying, don't think that you can do this on your own. You need to go sit down somewhere, upper room, and wait. Just sit there and wait. Because if you go out and try to do this, Without the power, the same power that was in Jesus Christ, then you're going to mess everything up. Just go sit. I just need y'all to go sit down somewhere. And the true believers went and sat and waited. We don't know what they went through. We don't know what they were feeling. If you've ever been told by the Lord in any way, shape, or form to wait, you know that's not an easy thing. In fact, it's very painful because you feel like your ego wants you to believe that you should be doing something. And in many cases, we fail. Well, I'm not going to sit here. I know I should be. Uh, nope, that's not how it's done. He said, I need you to go sit and wait. So we owe an apology to anyone we have ever made felt like the Lord doesn't love them, that he didn't die to move away that sin. Sin isn't discretionary or not discretionary, discriminatory. We were born into it, everybody. But we've talked about it in every single way except the right way. Which was, it was for everybody. Because everybody, there's nothing new under the sun. The newness of life is always where God is. And that's why he says, I need to, I'm going to do on earth. I'm going to do whatever's going on in heaven. I'm going to make that happen on earth. If you want to co-labor with me, here's your reward. But here are the rules. I need you to bless and not curse. If you obey me and if you love me, I need you to obey me. I need you to follow these instructions because I know the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. If you think you can get this done by yourself, I'll just, he's not going to fight us for that. He will never fight any of us for his throne. So, moving on. The Beatitudes, we talk about them all the time, but we don't live like we talk about them all the time. In case you can't tell, we have to move away from lip service. Too many of us are doing things out of ritual. And the Lord said it before, and he'll say it again. Your worship to me is as filthy rags. 
Why? Because it's not coming from a place of authenticity. It's coming from a place of performance. It's coming from a place of show. It's coming from a place of, did I go to this service or this teaching or this whatever, so I have to do this. He doesn't even, he doesn't even, if you're compelled by the Holy Spirit to do something, you know you've been compelled. I can intentionally set my face as flint to do things, but it doesn't mean I'm going to necessarily be 100%. I can be very intentional, but because there's still that human aspect, I'm going to. So when we go and we sing certain songs, many of which are unscriptural, but when we go and we sing certain songs, do you know? that the Lord is holding you accountable for every word that comes out of your mouth. So when we sing, I'm going to trust in you all my days, you will be tested. Lord, I put you above all things. You will be tested. That's why the humility is so important. The Beatitudes, this is a summary I'm reading. Blessed, it's blessing, not cursing. I want you to read it for yourself. Matthew 5 starts in Matthew Matthew 5. Blessed are those. Jesus is about blessing because the life is in the blessing. I talked in a previous segment or another segment about when your senses govern and you lose your birthright. Sound familiar? And many of us are toying with or have lost our birthright in Christ because we are too sensual. We are led by our senses instead of being led by the Spirit. It's very simple in terms of the principle, but it is very difficult to execute. That's why we need another helper. Jesus was the first one. Another helper is Holy Spirit. His job is to teach, to transform, to form Christ, to all of those things is to renew our minds. He's saying, I need you to check what you believe because that's where the renew. We go into positive thinking. That's not renewing your mind. And first of all, he didn't tell us to do it. He said that the renewing of your mind. He didn't say, I need you to go renew your mind. He says the renewing of your mind. So if he's the one that makes everything new, what are we going to renew? Nothing. That's why everything is a mess, or a lot of things are a mess. Because the things he tells us to do, we don't do. We want to take over a job that looks prestigious, right? When he says humble yourself, nobody. we don't see anybody beating down the doors to humble themselves. We see less beating down the doors to, for, for private or public repentance. How many people go into a church every single week or day or however you go, and the priority is to repent before the Lord? That's where the power is. The power is on our face and on our knees. The power is in repentance and in humbling. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, bow, kneel, lay, uh, Lord, throw a casting down my golden crown, turn from their wicked ways, repentance, then pray. I will hear from heaven. So go back and read that. Read every, it's steps, just like the Lord's Prayer. It's steps. It's not the Lord's Prayer. It's the Lord saying, if you want to pray, this is how you should pray. But this has to come from a place of life and blessing. It's not because I memorized the Lord's Prayer. It's important to have the seed sown. It's not important that I can just execute it without thinking about the Lord. Our Father, was our name, hallowed be our name. Some of us say debt, some of us say trespass. Forgive us our debts or our trespasses as we forgive those. Okay, this, the part that I catch in that, as. Which means, if we're not forgiving, if you all are walking around, any of us, when I say you all, I'm talking about me too. I've either been through it, I'm in it, or I'm trying to get better at it. So just understand what I'm saying here. As the Bible is full of conditions, if 
shall. If my people. So let's think about how many of us call ourselves his people. And let's think about how many of us talk about um, humility, humbling ourselves before the Lord, casting down our golden crowns, falling on our faces before him, being on our knees in prayer. Let's think about how many times we talk about public or private repentance. How many times we come together to do that. Those two, just those two things, humble ourselves and repent. Let's just think about that. Because there's always a prayer meeting. There's always somebody praying somewhere or thinking that they're praying. If the intention is pure, then God is going to honor that prayer. If that person in their lives, in their relationship with the Lord himself, none of us, which none of us can judge, by the way, if that person, if you are seeking the Lord with your whole heart, even if your execution is off, and you know your execution is off, but you continue to humble yourself before him and repent daily, guess what? He's going to fix it. He's going to deliver it because you are operating in obedience, and your deliverance is tied to your obedience. It is not tied to you memorizing scripture, but you need to read scripture and ask the Lord to show you. Ask Holy Spirit to teach you. Ask him to lead you. Ask him to order your steps. Ask him to keep your foot from evil. Ask him to keep you from being presumptuous. Bless and not curse. It's not going to happen. It is a process. So it's not going to happen all at once. Sometimes we will get that, what we consider to be an instantaneous miracle. But most of the time, miracles manifest as part of a process. I get frustrated about it too. Don't worry, I'll do another segment on that. I am a miracle. I, 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 I know, if you haven't heard my story before, I'll share it with you one day. But I know I'm a miracle. I have that in me. That is engraved on my spirit and my soul. I know I am a miracle. But I didn't feel like one for a long time. So I had to deal with some things. And my process is what informs what I share with you, past and present. So you look at the Beatitudes. You go to Deuteronomy 28. Psalm 1, which is one, well, I can't, I, all of my scriptures are my favorite scriptures. Because <laughs> every time I open my mouth, oh, that's one of my favorite scriptures. Uh-huh, yeah. I have a, my top 10 list is about 300, right? But it depends on the time and the season, what is resonating, and what is he speaking right now. That's my favorite scripture. That's my favorite word. Right now we're in a season of blessing, not cursing. Blessing, not cursing. Because the seeds that we sow here, individually and collectively, will yield a harvest of superabundance above all that we can ask or think. Think or ask. Above all that we can conceive. So if we can't conceive it, we can't know to ask for it. Blessed is the man, human. Please don't get hung up on gender reference. If it's a gender reference, I'll do my best to clarify. But regardless of who wrote this, we have to understand that the Bible is written from deity to humanity. So in many instances, the inspiration of Holy Spirit upon the person writing is going to be, and I'm not saying it wasn't influenced by by gender-specific thinking. What I'm saying is, let's level it out a little bit and stop looking for the divisions and look for some holistic approaches. Let's take it, look at commonality. Because if you're bringing division into the church, in whether it's a church body or well, I mean, well, it's all the church body, it wouldn't be the church or it wasn't the body, but a church building where there's a specific set of members or the church collective, the church universal, then you are against God. If I do it, I am against God. Does that mean that we are forever condemned? No, it does not. What it means is that we have to repent in, uh, uh, by the way, uh, repentance is not an apology. God doesn't accept apologies. He's accept, he accepts repentance. 
And so all of this, what we're going through now, and I'll get back to uh, uh, Psalm 1, all of what we're going through after a certain age, so we're entrusted to people, and unfortunately everybody doesn't do, doesn't do their job, but we're entrusted to people as infants who are supposed to train us up with these general principles of how, how the spirit works, of who God is, all of these things. That we're born into something that we have to learn how to navigate and live with and be able to come out better. That's what it's about. If, if, if you want to simplify it, so we get we go in a period of time where we're being taught by the humans that we were entrusted to. Some of us not so much. So I know that for I had a great support system. So I'm saying I know that there are people that did not, and that breaks my heart. And the Lord knows. That's all I can say. And he loves you, and he's going to fix it if you let him. Not sure where that came from, but do with it what you will. So but when we get past a certain age or to a certain point in our process, he says, okay, now you've learned these things. I need you to start walking with me. I need you to let me to continue to inform and continue to teach, continue to show, continue to guide, continue to reveal. I need you to walk with me. There is nobody in this earth, past, present, or quote-unquote future, who can walk for you. We can walk with each other, but I cannot walk for you. So my, uh, I'm going to say my job, that's not the right way to put it, but my responsibility to you is to share things that you might be able to just get a nugget or a glimpse out of that can help you move in the direction the Lord would have you go. I am not here to throw you under the bus. I am not here to throw a bus under you. I am not here to expose your secrets. I am not here to tell any secrets about you. Do unto others. If you don't want it done to you, don't do it to anybody else. That is a principle. Now, of course, us and our sassy selves, we've made all kind of like the platinum rule and this, that, and the other. Okay, let me just say, you can't get higher than the spiritual law, right? You may make it sound cuter, but the spiritual law is the spiritual law. And the essence of the law is that there is a, a, a that humanity requires certain things. Humanity versus hypocrisy. Because hypocrisy is not humane. Hypocrisy is what we call a double standard. You can do it, but you don't, you don't want to, you don't you can do it to other people, but you don't want anybody to do it to you. You can say whatever you want, but you don't want anybody to say anything to you. That's hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is not humane. Humanity is saying, you know what? I shouldn't have said that to you because I know if if someone would have said that to me, I would be hurt. I would be tra- I, I potentially traumatized. At a minimum, I would be disappointed. Why would I want anyone to feel that? Why do I want anyone to feel that kind of pain? Do unto others. If you don't want to feel pain, don't cause pain. doesn't mean we're not going to feel pain because like the process of life brings pain. But we don't have to intentionally inflict pain and harm on one on one another. Bless, not curse. Blessing and cursing is more than what we say. It's how we think. It's what we believe. Spirit, beliefs, values. Spirit, the essence of our existence, illuminates the soul, psyche, emotion, psychology, personality, mentality, intelligence. What I believe illuminates my soul. My soul is the seat of government for my existence. That's where I make my that's where my thoughts are, that's where I make decisions. So you see where this is going. If you show me your thoughts, I can tell you what you're going to say and how you're going to act. And even if you don't say it or act it out, I can still tell you the kind of person that you are. This is what Jesus is saying to us. He's like, "You think I need to wait wait for you to do XYZ for me to know?" He's saying, "No, you this is the issue. We don't get it." We claim to be so spiritual, 
but we don't get it. It's inside out, not outside in. I take care of myself. I try to. I try to take care of myself. I am not, I wouldn't call myself an exercise buff, but I try to do a little something, something here and there just to make sure, you know, everything's not falling apart at once. I don't eat right 100%, but I give myself a little bit of, I do more like a, I don't do 80-20, I do more like 85-15 or sometimes a 70-30. But I do that intentionally. I'm not trying to hold my, myself to a quote-unquote 100% standard because the moment I miss the one time, I'm going to be disappointed. Why do I want to do, do or feel, feel guilty? I, I spend a lot of my life doing stuff like that. Well, I got to get this 100%. No, I don't. I just have to get it mostly right. I have to be on track. I have to be consistent. So the Lord is saying, you know, you can, you can do whatever you want to the outside of the body. You can, put, you can do what you want. But that's not going to save you at the end of the day if you don't do anything about the inside. That body is still going to fall off. Your spirit and your soul are going to be with me. Well, they're going to exist eternally. That's why when we talk about these principles of salvation, that's why this is important. We're talking about somebody's existence beyond here. So anytime I trip you up, guess what? I just cost myself something if I don't repent. And what we don't repent of is not under the sacrifice that Jesus made. He died for all, but that doesn't mean that all will take advantage of the sacrifice. I used to be a big couponer. I I used to love, you hear me? I was one of those people. I could have been on TV. I could go to buy X amount of groceries for like $2. I knew where the triples were, the doubles were. I knew what days I had the paper. I don't do it as much anymore. I'm not a big couponer anymore. But I still am a good steward. I still like to save money, get nice things for good prices. You should too. That's stewardship. I'll do a segment later on the transfer of wealth and how we got that all wrong or how we think about it, let me put it that way. But, so Jesus has given us like, this is going to sound weird, but I'm I'm trying to put this in a context where you can get why this thing about eternity and Christ is so important. Christ just didn't die for Christians. He died for all of us. Whosoever will, for God so loved the world that he gave. He didn't say, for God so loved this community or that culture or this, all of us. Because he knows that the way we exist is spirit first. We're spirit and soul before we're ever body. We get down here, we want to take care of the body. We get upset with somebody, we're going to punch them in the face. Right? We want to do all kinds of things to each other without consideration for the fact that there is something beyond here that we all have to be prepared for on our own. Say what you will. But every one of us is going to have to give an account, and we're going to have to stand on our own to give it. No friends, no family, no associates, no, nobody to blame, no excuses. You've got to stand on your own, and if you don't learn how to do that before you transition, when are you going to learn it? This is serious business. The love that Christ showed is he didn't like what we were doing. (laughs) The human race, as we know it, doesn't have to exist. I, I don't think we get that. Everybody here, everybody on the planet that has ever been on the planet, is on the planet right now, will ever be on the planet, is under some sort of grace because none of us had to be here. We don't get this because it's not tangible. And it's not tangible in the way that it should be because those of us that say we believe actually don't. At least we don't believe to the point where we are willing to humble ourselves and repent and turn from our wicked ways. Hey, repent, turn from our wicked ways. Oh, Lord, here I land. Well, have you humbled yourself? Have you repented? 
Have you loved me enough to obey me? Have you taken care of your neighbor, right? Not the person next to you, anybody else that lives on the planet with you that happens to cross your path. Have you taken care of your neighbor? Have you blessed them? Doesn't mean you have to walk up, knock on the door, shake their hands. You can bless them, the place of prayer or the position where you humble yourself and turn from your wicked ways should be private. We call it a prayer closet, a war room, whatever you want to call it. It could be the shower. It could be your car. It could be on a long walk in the woods while you're hiking. That is the place where you bless and not curse. We think we're cursing people out. <laughs> the Lord says, no, you're cursing your own life. You're cursing every time we curse somebody out. It might feel good. It might be a release. Whether we utter the words or not, if we even think it, we're cursing ourselves, and that means we need to repent. <laughs> It's not just for the church. He didn't die for the church. When he died, he gave birth to the church. But he, Christ, sets the conditions for membership, so to speak. We have denomination upon denomination. We have different ideologies, different thought processes. I can't tell you what it is for you. And you cannot tell me what it is for me because I know what it is for me. I had to nearly lose my life to find it, and that is no joke. That is why I have a responsibility. I'm not saying that I am the only one. I'm not even saying everything I'm telling you is I know it's true (laughs) and truth to a great degree. I know I'm compelled to share. Let's put it that way. We have got to get it together. We are outside. Well, if I look, fake it till you make it. Nope, doesn't work like that. The Lord doesn't accept that. The Lord doesn't accept fake it till you make it. The Lord says, I need you to humble yourself and repent, then I'll take it from there. We're out here. He's saying, come as you are. We're saying, no, if you don't have a tuxedo, if you don't have a good credit score, if you don't have this kind of – what in the world? What in the whole world? And that's exactly right because that's the world system talking. That is not the kingdom of God. God loves. We're the ones being tested. Well, where is God in this situation? Waiting for you to get it together so he can use you to do something? Bless and not curse. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man, the human, versus deity, that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. He didn't say that came from this place or that place, that has this complexion or that that complexion? Before you judge someone else, you better make sure that what you're saying is not, in fact, from the seat of the ungodly, but rather from the throne of heaven. Blessing, not cursing. God doesn't curse. He says, you curse yourself. God doesn't deceive. He said, don't deceive yourself. I told you, he says, I've given you everything I've told you is a way out of everything you're going to face in this life. Your deliverance is tied to your obedience. Your problem is you're stiff-necked. You don't want to listen. You know everything. So guess what? God doesn't curse. He says, you're going to curse yourself because you're not listening. I've shown you the way of life. Jesus himself said, I put before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Choose bless. Choose blessing. Choose to bless. Choose blessing. He said, that's where the life is. Don't ever let anybody tell you that God's not in it. He's all over it. That's part of the problem.
We are in a season where we have to quickly pivot out of poor mouthing, out of looking down our nose. And yes, even if you are, so when we think about poor mouthing, we might think rich versus poor. No, you can poor mouth. The standard, just remember this, your standard is not another person. Your standard is Christ. Period. I don't care how much resources, talents, gifts, abilities you have. You need to bless what you have. You need to bless the Lord first, bless your neighbors. I bless you. I bless the Lord. And your life will then become a place where the Lord not only blesses you and your household, but where continual blessings shall flow, overflow to the brim. The widow and the son about to die. The man of God comes, comes and says, she says, well, we, I'm just going to fix this last cake because she's looking at her resources. She was in a cursing state, a poor mouth state because of her circumstances. And she says, she looks at the resources and she doesn't bless them. She curses them. She says, I'm just going to eat. This is, we're getting ready to die. <laughs> Basically, she looks at the I'm just going to eat this and we're going to die. Cursing. But there are cycles and seasons. So the man of God says to her, gender reference, it was a male. The man of God says to her, nope, I came to bless you. Well, I don't know how that's possible because if you look around here, you don't see. I came. I, I stepped into the situation to bring the blessing you cannot see. You just cursed all your resources. So let me help you with that. Go and collect. Instructions, obedience. We wouldn't be reading about her today if she hadn't obeyed. She would have ate, her and her son would have eaten that cake and whatever it was, and they would have died. But the Lord intervened. He didn't intervene in the moment. He had intervened, he, he put the man there. Well, you understand what I'm saying? He knows everything before, beginning to end, end to beginning. So he knows everything. So he ensured that there was someone there. She, he ensured her place in history. He said, nope, here's what I need you to do. I need you to go collect. Go ask your neighbors. For empty vessels, not vessels with the stuff in them, I'm going to bless you. And she went from a place of cursing, not only to a place of being blessed, but also then a place of blessing. I need the blessing of the Lord. I am here because of the blessing of the Lord. You are here because of the blessing of the Lord. Now, what you do with that if you don't follow his instructions, not just the general instructions that we read about in the scripture, but by the leading of Holy Spirit, not subject to our interpretation, by the way, there is a path specifically for you. You have your own process. I don't care how much I or anyone else says, I cannot walk your process for you. But I can tell you things along the way that I have learned and experienced that could help you in your process, but I cannot substitute. The only substitute we have, his name is Jesus Christ. And the way that he manifests himself today is by the power of Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is the same spirit that was in Christ. So if you believe in Christ and you reject the spirit, you're rejecting Christ. The man of God took the woman from a place of cursing to a place of being blessed, then to being a place where she was blessed in her own self, in her own household, but also then a blessing to her community. That's the cycle we're supposed to be on. That's the season we are supposed to eternally and perpetually live in. There are more scriptures, but I'll save those for another time. But we need to pivot, and we need to pivot quickly. We are in a season right now of blessing. That means that the Lord is taking us 
by the power of his spirit from a place of cursing ourselves, our resources, other people, him, to a place of blessing. And the, that starts with, one, humbling ourselves. Two, turning from our wicked ways, our wicked ways, the people of God, wicked ways, repentance, privately and publicly. That's the cycle that brings us then to obedience. The first part of obedience is humble yourself. The second part of the obedience is turn from your wicked ways. Then he says, then pray. That is the cycle that gets us from a place of death into a place of life. A place of, well, I don't know if I can make it, to a place of, I don't, I, I, I'm speechless. Superabundance. Not just materially, but in every possible way. And if the first thing we think about when we talk about abundance is material abundance, then we're missing the point. It's not to say that material and financial abundance won't be there, but that is not to be the focus. That is the byproduct of our obedience and our blessing in Christ. Bless, not curse. I bless you right now in the name of Jesus. For anyone listening who is in a questioning place, I want to let you know that is okay. God still died for you. He still sent Jesus for you. And it is a whosoever will proposition. So if you are seeking Christ, don't let anyone deter you. No one can talk you into or out of it. Follow your process. Let the Lord reveal himself to you, and he will. I bless you. I bless the name of Jesus. We are moving, and we're moving quickly. For all who are listening and are in a place where you have been walking in faith, you've been faithful, now is the season to make sure you are not cursing the Lord in any way in your heart, in your mind. Make sure you're repenting daily. Make sure you're humbling yourself daily. Be in your prayer place, blessing the Lord, blessing your neighbors, and your life will not only become blessed, you will be blessed in your home. You will receive the blessing in yourself, in your home, and then you will be a blessing to your entire community, whatever community the Lord has given you. Thank you for joining me for the Holy Spirit You Channel podcast, Daily Bread with Jam. My name is Michelle. I will see you next time. Bye-bye.